Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon, and together with my husband, Marcus Dillon, we lead Who's Really the Boss podcast, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's just the two of us for this episode. Just the two of us. You have all of the notes. Like, I am so impressed. Is this a new initiative for 2024 that you're actually going to prepare for things ahead of time? Or what's going on here? Well, this episode or this conversation is about the financials. So I'm just like any other good CFO going into a meeting, I'm fully prepared. And uh, what I was thinking about in this episode where we're going to, we're going to share numbers, right? Um, Most business owners should probably also do this with their spouse, you know, once a year or multiple times a year. Uh, I don't know that you care uh, about some of this stuff, but, um, you know, as CFOs, sometimes Leslie and I are part of those conversations where like a spouse is present for like one of the meetings per year, but not all of them. So I think it is good to know um, the status of the business, whether it's healthy or whether there's improvements that need to be made. But yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. So well, I love it when I asked you, like, what are all these notes and papers that you have today? And you're like, oh, I met with my CFO yesterday. <laughs> Get ready for this. I put on my CFO hat for DBA <laughs> and uh, my whole team of three, really, because, you know, there's so many of those team of three roles that I have not given over to others in our business. Um, so I put on multiple hats yesterday to be ready for this conversation. Nice. Well, so this episode, we are going to go over lessons learned in 2023. Um, so lessons learned in our previous year from the time we're recording this. So did you reflect on 2023 at all? Um, yeah, you know, there's like uh, the end of 2023 for me, I'm kind of in a funk and even starting 2024, like um, that's a whole other podcast conversation or conversation over drinks, coffee, whatever that is for those that want to know. Um, so I actually spent some time myself looking back over 2023. And what I did is I sat in a comfortable chair and looked at all the photos that I had on my phone going back from January through December. And my attitude changed. Like, you know, it's one of those where it's like, no matter how you end the year, or what uncertainty remains, it's like, 2023 was a pretty good year. We traveled a lot. Um, and we got to accomplish quite a bit, um, personally, as a family, professionally, all that good stuff. Um, and that will help drive some of the 2024, uh, decisions we have to make and get really clear on that. And so the same can be said on the financials, kind of what we'll go through today with the, the business and how we stand there. But yeah, even personally, like I spent some time, you know, individually and just reflecting that way. I love that your approach was to go through the pictures. I also did. So as a business, we had our retreat in December, like the first week of December of 2023. So we had gone back through like business achievements and progress on goals in the business and things that initiatives that we had started and finished or initiatives maybe that we had talked about and not finished. And so we had done that from the business perspective. And so uh, about a week ago, I went through and I didn't go through my pictures 
pictures or my camera roll on my phone. I went through my calendar on my phone. And so I just went back to January of 2023 and looked at all the things that had been on the calendar each month um, and reflected over some of those things. And one of the things that I noticed, I think there was only one month last year that I didn't fly somewhere. Okay. And you flew that month. I just didn't go with you. Uh, There's months where I flew multiple times. There were months that we flew multiple times, but I think when we were much younger, less gray, fewer wrinkles, um, we always said we wanted to travel. That was not something that we had done growing up, like with our families or with our parents. And so we said we wanted to travel. And now I'm like, ah, it's uh, actually a reality. Some of those, a lot of those were personal trips and a lot of those were related to the business. So, um, it's a lot of fun, but I can make every trip related to the business, uh, in the eyes of the IRS, but yeah, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget about what you did. I felt like from January through June was more than a year ago. I didn't, I couldn't even place those things that we had done and had happened in the same year of 2023. I really felt like it had been much longer. The Six months, uh, most recent six months, that's easy to remember. But before that, it felt like a completely different time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, excited. I tried to prepare, you know, so this would be a good episode. I know a lot of people are interested in real numbers and I am as well. So when I see influencers or people posting on LinkedIn, I do my due diligence. I kind of dig in to see like, okay, what are the, does it really work for them? Everything that they say. And then so many times I've been disappointed where it's like, and this is going to sound bad. It's just like, they're a solopreneur. They are doing everything in a bubble. They, you know, have a very small team. They have only a few clients and we're not like we run a firm, like everything that we do is vetted through a lab, um, so to speak. So when, yeah. So when you say those things like a solopreneur that has only a few, whatever, but we're also looking at that because you mentioned that's from some type of social media platform where there are most likely tons of followers, connections, tons of views, maybe a lot of comments and interactions on social media looks very different than maybe our social media looks. And then also their actual business looks very different than our business. So kind of in looking at those things and why you go back and like vetting these people and what they do and what does their business look like, We really have to pay attention to what advice and what strategies and solutions that we're, you know, trying to take and implement and how they would actually work in a firm that's very different than maybe the one that's being described or shown. Correct. Uh, When you say advice, you can expand that to be structure, strategy, software, all of those different things that are so key in every firm. Um, If you don't look like that firm, um, maybe, maybe that's not the right solution for you. And so that's just where we're at. I mean, and that's why I I think that we're called to share this data and, and kind of our experience and I'm excited to do so. Yeah. So for Dylan business advisors for 2023, let's start with the top metric, the one vanity metric, yeah, the one that's easiest to point to, to find. And the one that usually captures the attention of most people, what was top line revenue? Yeah. So um, I say all the time that we're a $3 million firm. I always say 3 million just because that's an easy round number. Um, we, we 
are on track to get there in the next few months, just rolling 12 month average. Um, but we ended the calendar year of 2023 at a revenue of 2.823 million dollars. So 2.823. Um, it was a seven percent increase over 2022. So we ended 2022 at 2.639. Um, <laughs> so even you know I. 2.639, that's a big round uh, to three, um, but 2.823 is not as much. So, and then rolling 12, um, we'll get, you know, we've gotten some big wins, which we'll talk about. And, you know, just the way that the business is structured now, I assume that we get to a rolling 12 months of 3 million in uh, March or April. So, so let's keep going and, and break that down a little bit further. Yep. So that number is fine. For some people that might feel like, wow, that's a lot. And that's for other total, people that might feel yeah. like, that's it. That's, all, yeah, that's exactly. all you do. And so let's give that number a little bit more context. So how many team members sure. make up that or are supported by that so, revenue? So when we started the year, um, that 2.638 or 2.639, we had uh, the equivalent of 15 full-time equivalents, uh, full-time team members. That was about 20 people um, because we have part-timers mixed in there. We had more part-timers last year than we do now. Uh, the way it worked for 2023, that 2.823 was with 12 full-time team members. And that's counting you and me as full-time, which... Um, that, like <laughs> that, we're very fortunate to structure the business the way we are. Um, I looked at my billable time for 2023, which it did go down. Um, so I had 350 billable hours. So only 350 of billable hours. I work on different projects. I am always doing something as it relates to the business, but client billable work was 350. And I feel like that was a good balance. Um, we have had some transitions in different roles. Uh, I'm expecting that to increase a little bit, especially the first three or four months of the year where I've got to help a little bit more on the tax side um, this year. So I'm preparing for that um, to go up. Um, but overall, I still think I'll be below 500 um, on the year. That's that's still my goal is to be below that. And, um, you know, we've seen that from whenever 2017, which we talk about a lot. 2017, my billable production was probably 1,500 hours, you know, and uh, probably worked 2,500 to 3,000 hours a year, you know, all in. But, um, but yeah, whenever you kind of take that into account, we've got uh, of those 12 FTEs, we've got three or four people equivalent that are just straight admin, like not billable, not production. So uh, we are structured in my uh, understanding as a single owner firm. Uh, we're very efficient. Uh, we are very profitable, uh, which that allows us to do things for our team, um, kind of continue to give a very high level of service for our clients. And I, I'm proud of, of the number that we hit for 2023. Um, I know that may be smaller than some. I know that may be bigger than some, but I feel for the makeup of where we're at team-wise, what we have learned, and then also the amount of effort um, that it requires from me or from us, I'm really happy with, you know, I, I think that, um, we, re we lead really good lives. It provides, um, enough cash flow for what we want to achieve in life. And, um, I'm happy with it. So the, there's a lot to celebrate in that. The other thing, and before I let you talk, um, so we did 2.823, our ending accounts receivable at 1231 was $400. So like, that's the other thing, right? Like, 
to have $400 of accounts receivable at any given time of the year. But at the end of the year, only $400 for a $3 million firm is incredible. Um, and I talk to a lot of CPAs. I talk to a lot of other businesses. That's just not the case most of the time. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that I'm smiling so much about that. And it has nothing to do with numbers or the amount of money and everything to do with, I used to have to make collection calls yeah. when we had accounts receivable. And I, one, did not like being the bad guy, yeah. um, but two, didn't like to hear the excuses of why people didn't want to pay us for a service we had already performed and that they were happy with. It yeah. wasn't even that they were dissatisfied with what we had done. They just didn't want to pay because they didn't want to see that money exit. Yeah, their it, it gets even better. That $400 is one invoice from a former client. <laughs> and that invoice is three years old. And we've got him on a monthly payment plan paying $50 every month on the 15th. And I am so determined to run that through with interest. And Which is kind of crazy that you aren't more determined to just have zero. Ah, no, AR. it's premise. It's premise. That $50, <laughs> that like $400. Yeah. And, um, that was an annual tax client. Uh, it just, that goes to show me like, you know, that's the picture on the balance sheet wall, um, of why we no longer do, uh, after the fact billing for annual clients. Like that's just not the reason. So. All right. And so I think you said 7% increase. Yeah. So 7% across like total revenue. So the other kind of asterisk in all of that is we sold off um, clients last year, exited clients about 150. I think it was a little bit more. So it's probably at least 150,000 of, of annual revenue went out the door. So of that 2.639 last year, 150 of that just we didn't come into the year with it. It was sold off. And so if you take that into account, our growth was much more. Um, breaking it down by like CAS growth, um, CAS is up 25% year over year. So that business line has grown. Um, you know, it's it's two thirds of our total revenue. We still have some, some tax clients that we serve really, really well that are the other third. Um, but our tax revenue went down because that's what we continue to decrease every year, those tax relationships. So, so, uh, so that increase, yes, that's exactly where I was going with that um, point was that we had actually sold off some of the business. So we identified another CPA in our area that is continually looking to grow his tax firm and wants to serve clients, Correct. really good clients from us. We have held on to them all these years. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, um, we have an episode on how we've done 12 M&A deals and it kind of goes through how 13. We, I, we did the last <laughs> one in December. Uh, we sold off some <laughs> more clients keeps, to that guy. That keeps going. Um, and so we outlined what that looks like and yeah. how, and how we've done that, how we identified buyers for those clients, how we helped communicate and transition those clients for a successful transition. So haven't listened to that, go back and listen. Um, but then we also have increased our client accounting and advisory clients. And yeah. what that looked like for 2023 was actually 17 new clients. So I yeah. don't know. I, I know people, flip to my other pages, right? So. <laughs> I know I hear people talking on, um, on the internet, right? <laughs> on the line. <laughs> on the line. Yeah. Talking on the line about growing and just that, you know, they're 
inundated with calls and messages about new clients and all of these things. For us, what that looked like was actually accepting 17 new clients to help facilitate that growth. So if we divide that over 12 months, Mm -hmm. it is not a crazy amount. We are not onboarding 50 clients a month or 20 clients a month. That was the goal at one time. uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe, but never because that would totally break our processes and kill our people, our team. And we do not want to do that. And anytime I hear somebody say they're doing that, it almost breaks my heart because I'm like, I can't imagine if that is what is really happening. A different size firm, yes. (laughs) A much, much larger firm than we are, yes, obviously that makes more sense. But for a firm that seems similar to ours, I can't imagine. Yeah. So 17 new clients, you got another in December. So it was actually 18 18. clients, right? Right at the end of December, after we closed it, we're going to give the team that one as the January um, start, which was a great one. So 17 new CAS businesses. There's a couple asterisks in there. Two of those are no longer clients anymore. Like they just weren't good fits. So came in and went out in the same year. So we've kind of isolated those. So 15 net, right? Mm -hmm. And then we've had some churn of people that have, um, you know, left for whatever reason that weren't part of an exit. Sold businesses that were um, like, Good for them. Like yeah, that is exactly. exactly. We what wish was them their all the best. And yeah. what we were helping them to achieve. Correct. So that's some expected. some had uh, economic uncertainty where we actually, you know, stepped out of the business to where like we left them better off because of soft uh, economy for what they do. So of those um, 15, let's say net clients, that's 10 additional family relationships because some of those are group, like one, a couple of them were clients we already worked with that started new businesses that we then spin up uh, a new service offering. Um, And then there were a couple of families that came in with multiple businesses that we structured. And so, you know, with those, uh, it's a little bit different. So, you know, the, the total, the 17 clients that we brought in, um, the average for those, the new monthly average on those was 2235 um, per month. That is an additional um, total MRR of 33525 uh, total ARR annualized revenue of $402,300. Um, and the other asterisk here is that does not include implementation fees. Right. So for every additional new client, we charge an implementation fee of $7,500. So we had about $150,000 of one-time implementation fees that helped grow um, the CAS business in 2023. Um, that's in that, you know, our total revenue number. And someone was asking me the other day, like, why are we still focused on growing that so much? Um it's because we can delegate within that business line. So within CAS to grow it, we can delegate that to different levels of team members. And we're not looking for um, only team members to come in at the higher levels. So like manager and above, we can continue to grow CAS really steadily with uh, base level employees, CSMs. And so CSMs do great work and then um, support controllers and those controllers support CFOs and all of that good stuff. So that's why we think that we're onto something here because we have shifted from a top heavy organization to be more of a balanced pyramid organization where our base level employees are the ones that are killing it. They're doing great work. 
Yeah, and I th- I like the way that you said that as far as like why are we why are we still pursuing this? Why are we yeah. still growing this? Why are we still doing this from that staffing or team member standpoint? Um, from the client standpoint, because that's what they are expecting. I think so many people when they reach out to an accounting firm or hire a CPA, they're hiring somebody who is experienced and credentialed. They are expecting the advice. So thankfully, we have put together a way that we can offer that um, while being compensated for it. I think that's the biggest hangup is that a lot of people they, they don't really understand, well, how do I do all of that for them? How do I get compensated for my time? And so I think that's but the main reason that we're still, I guess, able to continue to focus on that service yeah. offering as far as client advisory and accounting services is that the clients want it. They value yeah. it, which in turn makes our team members value their positions and find fulfillment and satisfaction in their job and not just how many tax returns did I complete this year? Yeah. And the only way that we could have achieved these numbers, the only way that I can not work uh, billable hours um, is um, this way. And, and, you know, it's that like having the team in place, having roles and responsibilities, being able to delegate throughout that team and not building something around me. I mean, our, our name is still in the business, but you're, you're maybe in a pod and never speak to me, um, you know, and be served by people. So there, there are clients that I have never spoken with, uh, that pay us good money, you know, every, every month. And so something to be proud of. And, um, yeah. So let's talk through, you mentioned also about our kind of full-time equivalent or FTE count from 2022 to 2023 was different or ending 2023 was different. So let's talk about some of the roles and some of the learning, some of the things talking about lessons learned in 2023. So let's talk through some of the learning related to positions. We started the year with 20 total team members. It was um, 15 full-time equivalents and heavier admin had a sales team uh, as part of that. And then we ended the year at we have 15, we have 17 team members today. Two of those are very part-time contractors. So we have really 15 and 12 full-time equivalents at the end of the day. So um, with 2023, because I just ran, we were able to, I mean, as far as a year of abundance, like great bonuses to the team, great raises going into 2024, uh, we're able to do, you know, the 401k match, the profit sharing and the cash balance plan max all of those out, um, for everybody. So it's, it's one of those, like so much to celebrate, right? Um, the, when doing those calculations, we have eight team members that were on the bus at some time that aren't on the bus now. So I think eight team members rolled off. We added back, I do the math, like four or five, right? Four. Um, So that's the heart, right? Like whenever you look at the team picture, the family portrait from last year, and there's so much change there um, compared to the one that we took in December last last month. Um, So like that's the emotion behind the numbers that you kind of have to work through. So um, we learned a lot in that. And, you know, what we share with firms like... um, and in other businesses, it's 
the good and the bad, like hopefully you only learn and we're only going to like share things that work that we would recommend like team of three and structure and all that, like been proven to work, like no doubt in my mind, but some of this other stuff, like let us go take the hit on it first and like, see if it makes sense to do it with inside of your business, because like we're willing to take those risks, but we may not be willing to share that with you so early on in the risk. A lot of those experiments that we do, um, we we do try to be transparent about everything, especially with our industry peers, with our accounting friends, to be very transparent. And so if we're trying something, but it's not proven yet, yeah. we will likely be very quiet about it until it's proven, uh, because we don't want someone to have to make a mistake that doesn't work. What we noticed with our sales team, um, two people who we love very much in and outside of the business, uh, be before and before they were part of the business, um, now after, is just that we were adding the same amount of new clients with that sales team and without. So prior to and then after. So a lot of things that we tried at the end of the day, and potentially because our name is still on the business, it ended up being that a lot of the conversations that were being had and the referrals that were coming in, how we were getting new clients, um, didn't really change by adding two new positions into the firm. Yeah. So our experience on that sales team, it was a, a total of three people, uh, two full-time going into 2023, two full-time, very high-level uh, leaders, just the people alone, the salaries. Over two years, we spent $600,000 in salaries. And and that's like, that's a lot to recoup in new clients, especially what we have seen since no longer having the sales team. The clients that were sold by that sales team had a different... Um, a different level of understanding of what we really do and are now some of the clients that are churning out because they, they were sold. They were incentivized, like there's incentives to get onto the bus. And then, uh, so things were accepted outside of scope, non-ideals were maybe accepted. And so those are the people that as we continue to refine and know who we are and know who we're called to serve, don't fit. And those are the ones that are churning out. Um, so it is, it was a, a lesson fully learned, but there are some additional costs there, but yeah, salaries were 600,000, um, you know, alone. Yeah. And other team members that, um, are no longer with DBA, they, um, were various reasons of why they're no longer with DBA. Um, only one or two based on not having the right skill set to fit the need yeah. of, of what we wanted or needed within DBA. Um, some others to seek outside opportunities that are just a little bit different. And I would even go as far to say bigger than something they could accomplish Correct. in DBA. So just different than the vision or goals of where they were going in DBA. Uh, and then others like health health reasons or, or family choice reasons as to why. And so we have been able to celebrate each of those and what they did while they were with us in DBA. Yeah. But also some of the some of the resources that we now share in DBA firm for other firm owners and firm leaders, we have in place because of some of that. So like our team member scorecards and our team of three structure, the roles and responsibilities being 
laid out um, and visible, documented for people to have, some of the processes that are documented, all of those are part of that team focus and yeah. like team member retention um, and, and growth and things like that. And so definitely those come from why, why do we have all of these resources and things that we're doing? Because we've learned from things that weren't working. When we um, eliminated the positions of the sales team to kind of scale back and get things um, maybe back in line with what we actually wanted to do and what felt good for the business and the team members and to current clients. Like that's the other thing that we have to continue to serve our current clients um, very, very well because they are our biggest advocates. So definitely wanted to do that um, for them. And so when I did step back into the sales piece, we talked um, different ways of generating leads. So we took off a lot of language off of our website regarding tax. And I think a lot of people when searching for a CPA, that's their initial thought is that I need a CPA because I have tax filing requirements. So where our website on its own, doing nothing, just sitting out there all the time, used to generate a ton of calls. They weren't the right calls. They were a lot of my time for a lot of wrong fits, a lot of referrals out. Um, So we looked at some different alternatives. So some of the initiatives that we talked about doing um, were being more active on LinkedIn to start posting YouTube shorts, because we know a lot of people find their go to YouTube for education. Short form content is very, very popular. We have no attention spans left. Uh, But we also put in place a lead generating company. And what they did was Instead of me doing it, they we outsourced it because I don't do it, um, sending out basically like cold emails and cold calls and generating first conversations for me that I would then take. So we had, you know, um, online digital calendar that they could book through. But this outsourced company actually had people calling like a call center um, and asking to talk with, you know, the the business owner, we yep. identified industries and revenue size, team size, geographic, yeah, geographic location. So we put a lot of parameters in place and we did get a few calls scheduled. Even with that, um, I don't, not one ever converted I to an actual any. client. Yeah. Some did lead to a second meeting after my first meeting with them, but majority of them, those meetings were going before we really said. So it was about, um, what, $24,000 invested there, 24 to 30 after on-ramp? That feels months. like high. <laughs> that, uh, that feels like high, but maybe maybe it probably was. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, so just something to think through. Uh, the main thing with that is our best prospects, our best clients are all relationship-based. And so even though we've narrowed focus and only serve certain industries and, and you know, certain size of clients, um, every, like on the list of 17 to 18 new relationships, I would say majority, uh, are all personal, um, introductions given existing relationships. So, and that's just, it's, it's hard because we're a relationship business. There's a lot of trust. And you mentioned, we definitely make our clients more money, um, in certain situations. We also allow them to have more of their time back in other situations and are there just as a, 
an advocate, a resource, a sounding board a lot of times. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many of the things that we tried in 2023 were great learning experiences and investments, um, but experiments that we've chosen not to pursue any further. Yeah. Some other things outside of sales, more um, operations of Dillon Business Advisors and client focused um, on VO trial balance. So yeah. that we, we may have been late to the game on that or early to the game or pe- maybe people yeah. use other solutions. I mean, so we, we tested out with both controllers and then uh, when Charles was still in place as our tax director, we tested out different um, trial balance solutions to import data from QBO, which is our platform that we use for accounting to uh, Thomson Reuters UltraTax, which is our platform for tax preparation. So we tested Tally for, we tested on VOTV, and I think there was another one in there that we tested. Ultimately, we were already on OnVio, so we were just using OnVioTB for that. Um, we did that for all of 2023. We'll still use OnVioTB for the tax season of 2024, but we will look for a new solution after that um, as far as the connection, the link between QBO and uh, UltraTax. And the reason why is because we are moving off of OnVio um, because we we were using OnVio for for time capture, for project management. We never build out of it. We never use the portals there. Um, we didn't use their file structure. So TB was good to use. It was like we were actually using OnVio and we thought we were going to go deeper with OnVio. But, uh, you know, it's just the further we got into it, it was like, this is not going to be a long-term solution. And some of the other technology updates with our softwares and AI that uh, we didn't see coming down the pipe with the OnVio suite. So we actually switched over to Canopy, uh, have kind of told a little bit about um, that journey and implementation and shared resources out there about Canopy on how to set it up. We are now using that internally with the team um, as of December Q4. And then we will roll that out to clients after April 15th, we will start using Canopy for external use as well. So for client um, sending things like that, um, signatures, different items that we can use there. And we wanted our team to know that software before they had to answer client questions about that software. So that's just the natural uh, progression. So after tax season, we'll, we'll release that to clients on that side. Yeah. And then I know one of the other um, big initiatives or new initiatives that we started in 2023 was DBA Firm and sharing uh, resources that we have used within our own accounting firm. So things that we use daily or have used to get things set up and get things started, we are sharing. And that initiative actually started as far as helping our peers in the industry and making a difference in the accounting industry started back in 2022, that we listed that as a team initiative and not just a Marcus or a Marcus and Rachel initiative. And so I mean, it started in 2020, uh, <laughs> earlier than that, you know, uh, it's 2022 so, as a team initiative sure. where we yeah. where we really saw that Yes, we want to help and we want to lead and we want to share with others what's happening in DBA. But DBA is not just Marcus or not just Marcus and Rachel. I mean, we do very little now compared to what the rest of the team does. And so bringing them in and letting them be a part of that to be able to connect and share 
with other accountants and peers, what they do day in and day out, how they solve challenges that they encounter on a daily basis. Funny story. I was on a very similar call yesterday with a friend of mine who owns a firm in Arkansas. And he was asking me how we use this software. And like, I should have just told him, Hey, I'm not your guy, you know, like (laughs) talk to so-and-so on our team, but I, I, you know, he's a friend and I showed him everything. And as I'm opening up the software, like it's downloading all these updates because I haven't opened up that software in like three months, you know, and four months. And so it's like doing all these uploads and I'm like, it shouldn't be this slow and trying to, you know, fumble my way through it. I did a pretty good job, but, um, but yeah, that's just a progression as people want to know what we're doing. Like we have had some success. Uh, I think we're very appreciative of all the clients, all the team members that have led to that success. And as part of that, we feel we're called to mentor others and to share, you know, what's worked, what hasn't with others. Um, not only you and me, but people on our team also have that same calling on their heart. And there will be more of that in 2024. And I think it's just um, a natural progression in conversations that we've had over all these years and questions that we've answered. And now we're just able to do that in a very, um, in a way that, allows us to have open conversations at multiple times with people as opposed to just one-on-one, you know? Um, So I think that's the piece that's obviously firm resources is an entry point into that. And that will just continue to progress naturally. Um, You know, that out of everything that we've done, you know, at DBA and everything that I've probably done in my career, I feel that's probably the most stretching, the most growth uh, oriented is actually helping others. And uh, I think it, it's, it's going to be fun to see how how it progresses. Yeah. So those free resources that we share, they're on our website. So at DylanAdvisors.com, we have a page titled DBA Firm. And really the reason to go there is to look and see if you're interested in how we you know, I guess, grew our revenue with fewer people on the team, with fewer clients actually under our care. So those free resources that we share, they're on our website. So at DylanAdvisors.com, we have a page titled DBA Firm. And really the reason to go there is to look and see if you're interested in how we you know, I guess, grew our revenue with fewer people on the team, with fewer clients actually under our care. is to go there and sign up for those free resources. When you sign up for free resources, it's just to get updates when something new is released and then also to allow you to go back and download whatever's already there. Um, And then just anything new that we're (laughs) trying out or have tried out. We won't throw it out there until we know it's somewhat successful. Yeah. Uh, But we're happy to share that with anybody who wants to learn. It's funny because people reach out and they know we're doing stuff with certain softwares and things. They're like, hey, have you written the workflow for this yet? And then we're like, "Uh, not really. You know, it's (laughs) like we're still in the testing phase of what that looks like in our firm and um, DBA firm, like, and firm resources. This is only stuff that we use. We're not trying to, you know, be uh, an industry publication or somebody that, well, you know. we still have a full business to run yeah. as far as DBA. So really, this is just byproducts of what's happening at DBA. So uh, I think that's one way we're able to manage that yeah. currently. So this is just showing you like, hey, this is what we're using. This is how we're using it. Like, 
if you come to us and say, well, why didn't you use this other practice management software? And it's like, you know, we looked at it, but we're not up to date on what it, what that one that we chose not to use is currently doing. Like, you know, we just don't stay in it that often. So let's save DBA firm for a whole nother episode. It can get its own airtime. Anything yeah. else that you feel like other CPA firm owners or leaders would like to know Maybe that feels like, I don't know if I want to share it, but yeah. that they would like to know that no, we haven't so, already covered. Um, you know, going into 23 uh, with the team that we had, um, I may have said this in an earlier podcast, I already talked about like how we were um, shifted. Our administrative team, including the sales team, that payroll was more than the production team. So like there was just, there was an imbalance in the firm. And so um, just... We had to make things right. We did that in at the end of Q3 or at the end of Q1. It kind of bled over into Q2 a little bit. Um, we are now back um, to where we want to be. And so um, the way that we structure, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but um, we do a modified version of profit first accounting. And so we're back where we need to be. So uh, we have a deposit account, a profit account, a tax account, and... An operating account, duh. So uh, the way that it works, you know, every dollar that comes into DBA goes in that deposit account, and then I move money a few times a week. Um, so we're back to where we want to be. So uh, I move ten percent to the tax account. You got to pay the tax guy first. I move twenty percent to the profit account, seventy percent to uh, the operating account. So that's our hundred um, percent. The other thing that I do, just because of the calling on our life and our faith, um, I immediately take um, 3%. So, and I pay it to the church and I do that with credit card and I get points for it and everything like that. Don't judge me. But it's the, um, I fell out of that habit in 2023, early 2023, and now I'm back into that habit. And it's just paying our tithe immediately. Um, like it's not, Big, bigger numbers. Like, you know, if you always say like, Hey, I'm going to hold it back and then pay it out in big chunks that never happens or it, or it's more of a blow to your cash flow because you waited to do it. So we are back to that 10, 20, 73, um, you know? And so if you think about like profitability of a professional services firm, a third, a third, a third, you know, how that works, um, that's kind of how we do it. Right. And so, um, if that helps anybody else, that's been helpful for us and and things are in the right buckets, so to speak. So we run the business off of 67% of every dollar that we run and that helps achieve everything that we want to do for team members and um, the growth of the business. And we feel that we're being good stewards that way. Um, beginning of 2023, I was dipping into savings. I was dipping into that tax count way more than I wanted to. Um, to just make payroll. And so it, it was an uneasy situation at the beginning of the year. And now we're back to where we need to be back at the right percentages and all that good stuff. So um, that has helped us run our business. Like just, you don't even have to think about it. You don't have to think about even the tithe. Like you, it's just, it's done and you don't have to like play games. So I would recommend that to anybody thinking about it. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks yeah. for uh, preparing so that we had real data to go off of and not just uh, kind of what we feel like or what we think is happening. And I, if this is helpful to anyone and 
a listener would like to have a follow-up conversation or know more, maybe we didn't share something that you were wanting to know, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to share anything. Well, thanks for this conversation. See you on the next. All right. Thanks. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. Leave us a review with your thoughts, comments, and feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.